Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Miami Miked Up. Very happy to be back with you after the week off last week and very excited about the episode that you're about to listen to. It's about the halfway point of both the Florida Panthers and Miami Heat seasons. Obviously, we're a few games early on the Miami Heat, but that's where we are. And so I felt like it would be a good time for us to sort of assess where both of these teams are at the halfway point. So... Reached out to a couple of previous guests. We have Steve Goldstein with the Panthers, Jason Jackson with the Miami Heat. I spoke to both of them about some of their favorite moments in the first half of the season, some standout performances, and a whole bunch of fun stories from the first half. So first you'll hear from Goldie, then you'll hear from Jax, and that's our episode of Miami Miked Up this week. So enjoy this conversation first with Steve Goldstein. And very pleased to welcome in now the play-by-play broadcaster here at Valley Sports for the Florida Panthers, Steve Goldie Goldstein. Goldie, it's a pleasure to have you back on Miami Miked Up. You were here for our fourth episode ever, and that was way before this season started, so it's really good to have you back here. It's great to see you again, and uh, good to be talking about, uh, if not the best, one of the top handful of teams in the NHL, the Panthers... uh, Great chance to win the Stanley Cup. It's still amazing to say it, Jeremy, but it's true. Yeah, they're really a remarkable team, and and it's been so much fun to get to watch them this year. Before we do get into everything with the Panthers, I'm going to start you with this question that we start everybody with. Now that you've had a little bit of time away from work here, I imagine, in the last few days, what's something recently that brought you joy outside of work? (laughs) I wish I had a whole long list of cultured things and and other interests that I like, but, uh, you know, not much because paying attention to other sports, uh, watching hockey. You know, I do some women's hockey, the, the PHF, uh, that game is growing. So I do some play by play for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, sad to say, just chomping at the bit waiting for the Panthers to come back. So, uh, you know, I've done some technical things. I got a new, um, I'm on a new tablet now. Oh, cool. Uh, I did that. Yeah. You know, did a little exchange there and, um, you know, did a few other things, but nothing, uh, nothing, out of the ordinary, nothing extravagant, and I wish I had a different answer, but I don't. No, I think it's a, I think it's a good answer, and it shows honestly how fun this team has been and how fun it's been for you to be able to be a part of this over the last couple of months. So let's start getting into this team. What I, what I want to ask from you right here off the top is, do you have the ability here to put this season in perspective for the fans who are sort of casually paying attention to this point, right? For the fans who are paying attention to other teams or other sports that are now trying to get into the Panthers in the second half. Is there a past team maybe that it reminds you of or, or a way to put it in perspective? Well, there really aren't past teams, especially Panther teams. Right. Um, And the way to put it in perspective is we're seeing stuff we haven't seen in decades in the NHL. I mean, this Panther team, through these first 47 games, they've scored the fifth most goals ever. Um, They they got all these records. Yeah, every night, Jeremy, they're doing something else. And I'm looking back and, you know, thank God we have our great stats guy in the booth with us because, you know, we have a different means to get this information. And literally every game, he and we and I, and I were firing off 10, 15. Hey, when was the last time someone scored 17 goals in two games? And, and all this stuff, we go back to the Red Wings, really, in like around 2000. And for a lot of it, we're going back to the 95, 96 Pittsburgh Penguins. The last time, for the most part, the big stuff, the last time a team did offensively what this Panthers team did, you, you, you're going back decades. It, it's really incredible. 
Well, and that's what's been so fun, obviously, for for the casual fan is the offense. And that's what's been so entertaining about this team is the fact that on any given night at home, they're coming close to scoring 10 goals in a game, which is something that just seems unfathomable that that would happen once where you have fans chanting, we want 10, let alone, uh, you know, on multiple different occasions. Is there a player on this team? We'll get into some of the key contributors in a second, but is there a player on this team who you think maybe has been underappreciated for his contributions so far this season that you would want to highlight? It's really two guys for me, and this goes back to last year, Gustav Forsling. I'm telling you, Jeremy, this guy's a great defenseman. Mm. Now, I know why he doesn't get the pub. He's only played, what, 50 and maybe 90 games as a Panther. Um and, you know, Ekblad, you know, is playing the power play and Uyghur's mm-hmm. doing what he's doing. And, you know, big old Radko, we all love him throwing the big hits. So they get a lot of the lot of the attention. But Gustav Forsling is such a key factor. The Panthers, to put, just put it in perspective without getting too technical. Of course. The Panthers spend the least amount of time in the league in their own zone. Mm. When they're in their own zone, they're out. And they're out quickly. And Forsling is a huge part of that. So he be the number one guy. Uh, and then the second guy, and he's starting to get attention, which is why I say Forsling is number one. Uh, Anton Lundell, I'm yep. telling you, it's scary. We hate to do this, Jeremy. We hate to throw, hey, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer and all these different things that right. as sports fans and media, we love to do. We first see <laughs> a guy. Of course we do. Of course we do. And I'm telling you, and, and I've said this publicly before, he's as good or better than Barkov was when he was 20 years old. Now, Barky had a couple of years in the league. Remember, he wow. came in at 18. But – for him to even be in that conversation is really amazing. And I keep waiting for him to hit that rookie wall and, and he still hasn't. And you know what? He's got such a great attitude. He's got a little, uh, what's the good word? I mean, he's humble, but, but, but he's got a little, he's got moxie juice to him. He's yeah. got a little, you see those celebrations when he scores, uh-huh. like, uh-huh. like he's got a little juice to him. So for me, you know, you want to go under the radar. Those two guys have really been key and Lundell even more because remember how many games Barkov and Bennett missed. Exactly. And this team never missed a beat. You're asking a rookie to step up as a top two line center in this league. Not easy to do. Well, and it's a comparison that that we've all been making, looking at the Heat and the Panthers and going, all right, as guys have missed games, look at all these young guys stepping up and contributing. And for the Panthers, nobody represents that better than Anton Lundell. Is there a specific stretch of games from the first half of the year or a specific moment individually that stands out as, as your favorite from the first half of this season? Oh boy. You know, when you score at 175 goals in, in 47 games, you know, I know Tampa had COVID stuff going on, mm-hmm. okay, but that nine, three went over the lightning. I was just so happy for the fans. It was a yep. great crowd. You know, Tampa has been great team for a decade. I mean, they were people got to remember they won the last two cups. But they were right there for like years before. Forever. That. I mean, right. they, yeah, they, they made the final, they make the Eastern Conference final. They're in there every single year. Yep. And I know it's only one regular season game, but to do that at home against them, uh, that was a great moment. The night before that, when they got three in the third to beat the Rangers, oh. that was obviously phenomenal. But I'll tell you, you know, when they got to the nine against Tampa and they got to the nine against Columbus, just hearing those fans, you know, having a ball and for, you know, Look, the fans have been through a lot. You know, they, yep. this team, this franchise hasn't been nearly this good as they had the last couple of years. So those are a couple of moments at home, that, uh, you know, off the top of my head, just really stand out. So I was just looking around down from the booth. Right. And I'm like, this is awesome. And these people deserve it. 
Yep. The the energy in the stadium has been really, really remarkable to see everybody just experiencing so much joy around this team, right? Like every time you cut to fans in the stands, the energy is unbelievable and you can hear them coming through the television set when you're not there. And that's something that we haven't necessarily seen before because this team hasn't been quite this exciting. But okay, I kind of want to put you on the spot on this question There's a bunch of great players on this team, but both Sams, Reinhardt, and Bennett have been remarkable. Duclair, Verhage, Lundell, who you mentioned, all these guys on the offensive end. But there's two guys, right, who are the the key cogs on this team. It's Alexander Barkov and Jonathan Huberdeau on the offensive side. What I'm asking you, as Hubie is the NHL points leader, who's actually the best player on this team? You know, it's it's great you say that because I talk to people around the league and I go, you know, keep going like this Jonathan Huberto is going to win the MVP of the league without being the best player on his team and he would probably even agree with that if yeah, you asked him that yeah. I mean you know look it, it, it's great that we're having this conversation because mm-hmm. they're two of the great players in the league right now and Jonathan Huberto give him all the credit I mean he has elevated his game Jeremy he's always a points getter yep but this consistent and the way he's playing and the way he's playing in his own zone and defensively and killing penalties and you know, he's not taking anything from anybody anymore either. You know, when, when it's nope. time to get a little physical, he's standing up for himself. So I love that too. But, you know, Sasha Barkov is just, I mean, you got to remember, also Barkov's unselfish. We know that. For right. a lot of people, he's too unselfish. <laughs> and he's still on pace if he played a full season, which he's not going to do. He's on pace for a 55-goal season. That's, that's without even a guy that's cheating for offense. Right. So – you know, it's 1A, 1B. You could take your pick. I mean, there's been plenty of nights, you know, this year where Huberto's been more of the impact player, I think. But, you know, that's just from the naked eye. Now you go back behind the play and what he does with everything else and how much does Barkov's presence free up when Bennett and Huberto are playing together. You know, that's something that can't even be calculated. And, you know, I look at all the analytics and the advanced stats. Barkov's just off the charts. I mean, I'm talking like deep dive stuff. For example, when he doesn't have the puck, and the puck is deemed to be a free puck, like a 50-50 battle, he's second in the NHL at going and getting the puck. Remarkable. Like, like basically, no one's better than him. And there's a million different deep dive statistical things that you could look at, and it's Barkov, Barkov, Barkov. He's all over all of those. It's really amazing. And the fact that, you know, he, he doesn't care about the personal. I mean, it doesn't matter to him. If he gets 20 goals, 50, whatever. As long as the team wins, that's all he cares about. It's been so fun to watch these two guys who so genuinely love each other and support each other out there, too. Because, I mean, I I spoke to them before the season. Obviously, you talk to them all the time. But I I spoke to them before the season. And the thing that really stood out in my first, like, face-to-face conversation with these guys was the genuine way each of them lit up when I asked about the other. And that was before this season. And now, with the way they're both thriving, I can only imagine how sort of proud they are of each other. But as this team goes forward, and and we do see sort of a stretch run here, and they head toward the playoffs, obviously, all fans will be kind of holding their breath as they head toward the playoffs, no matter what. And so, my question to you would be, with this style of play, because to me... I made a basketball comparison. It almost it reminds me of the first time the Golden State Warriors were making a run. And everybody was going, can a three-point shooting team like that win? Can it be all about the offense that way? And I'm hearing 
kind of similar conversation about the Panthers is offense, offense, offense. You've pointed out how great some of their defensemen are, but everybody has these questions is, will the goaltending be good enough come postseason time? And I've seen some great goaltending from Bobrovsky and Knight so far this season, but my question to you is, as this translates to the playoffs, do you believe this team can take their style and win this way in the playoffs? Well, first of all, I think it's a great analogy. And then that's the analogy to make. And I didn't think of that. And that is the comparison. You know, hey, this is the way this thing has always gone. This is the way you've always done it. Right. And you now do it a different way. Now, I don't think it's going to be quite this wide open and offensive for this team. I don't think they're going to try to play this style in the playoffs. I do think in the next, what, six weeks of the trade deadline, um, I think Bill Zito will probably get something done and get a little more defensive help. And I think they know they got to tighten it up a bit. Uh, when you get to the postseason. So I don't think they're going to try to win games, you know, 8-4 in the playoffs. Personally, I think it'd be awesome if that did work, right? you know, because it's so much fun to watch. And you'll have game. Hey, look at the Tampa series last year with the Panthers. I think that's a perfect example. You know, there were some high-scoring games there, but when it was time to lock it down, late in games, when the Panthers won the game five at home, you know, that was a low-scoring game. Um, So I think it may go something like that, but – I think they're aware they got to play a little bit tighter, you know, tighter defensively because, you know, now it's so easy for them because they know they look at the scoreboard now, Jeremy. Oh, it's two nothing San Jose midway through the game. Okay. Fine. We got this. Let's get one back now. We'll tie it in the third. And right. We'll pull away and we'll win five, two. Um, they know in the playoffs, this team's experienced enough. Now they know in the playoffs, you got to be perfect. So um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see just how much, of an up-and-down offensive style they play when they do get to the postseason. I'm, I'm very intrigued by it as well. I think it's a great question that you asked. Well, thank you. And, and I, I do think that, like you said, that up-and-down style, up style and the, the really productive offense that they have obviously can translate to the postseason. It's all about just tightening up, just like you said. And if we do want to continue the analogy, that's why Golden State was able to maintain because their defense was just good enough to be able to have that offense thrive. But maybe what, make no mistake what you said, you know, it's going to rely. I mean, the goalie, no matter what kind of style in the game has changed and it's faster and all that and more offensive now, you know, the goaltenders are whatever percentage you want to put on it, you know, 60, 80% in the playoffs. And, you know, likely it, look, look, it looks like it's going to be Bobrovsky is the number one, at least to start the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whoever's in goal, you're going to have to p- play great. I mean, you can't give up. And then this goes for any team, whether you score or you don't score. You can't give up cheapies in, in the playoffs. And I've said this many times last year. Panthers were the better team outside right. the net against Tampa Bay. I mean, I, I firmly believe that. I think the five-on-five goals were actually 12-11 Florida, I believe. It was very close. Um, yeah, but, but they didn't get you know, they didn't get the goaltending. I mean, heck, they played three guys, Jeremy. That's never happened when you play three guys in a six-game series. So that tells you all you need to know. And obviously, Vassie over in Tampa – He's not only the best goalie in the world, he's really one of the great uh, dominant athletes in the world. He's a guy that probably doesn't get enough credit, actually. Gosh, I already just want to go ahead and skip to the playoffs. This is going to be such a fun (laughs) run. Okay, so one more more sort of personal question for you here before I let you go. You've been with this team for for so long now. I I saw you've been with the team since 97 and 17th season as play-by-play here with Bally Sports. With this already being the best team in Florida Panthers history. Have you been able to sort of stop and reflect on 
hey, whoa, let's sort of enjoy this ride of this season as this this is going on. Has Have there been any sort of pinch me moments or are they the ones you talk about where you're hearing we want 10 being chanted by the home fans? Yeah, it's all those, you know, and I do. I stop and, you know, especially in those home games when I'm looking out at that crowd, you know, and I remember, hey, we all know, you know, they were nights, you know, five, 10 years ago, and there 6,000 people in the stands and they're losing. And, yep. you know, I remember in the bubble as recently as two years ago when, you know, let's call it what it is. They didn't really show up against the Islanders. You know, they were there and then you fall behind by a few goals and okay, let's pack it in. This team is totally different. Um, that's why the respect I have for ownership, you know, mm-hmm. Vinny Viola, I mean, it's a cap team in South Florida where the revenue, you know, certainly isn't. I mean, the facts are the facts, what they've right. been. Um, they went out and paid a lot of money for a coach, unfortunately, and what happened with Chicago, which was unfortunate for the Panthers because you know, it's a situation, a horrible situation, obviously. Right. Happened more than a decade ago with another franchise where the Panthers pay the price for it. Yet here's Andrew Brunette, you know, who'd been with Joel Quendell for so long, who was ready for the opportunity. And he's been absolutely fantastic and just getting better. So I look at all of it, you know, and I look at Derek McKenzie, you know, hmm. behind the bench who came to the Panthers and was captain of the Panthers during those tough times. And, you know, I look at Barkoff and Huberto on the bench sometimes in my binoculars, when they're up 6-2 and I know the last three, four minutes, they're not even going to play because they're just resting them. Right. And they're over there laughing on the bench and having a good time. So, yes, to answer your question, um, I actually do. It may sound corny, but I do stop and smell the roses uh, during all of this because it's it's really fantastic. It's not corny at all. It's wonderful. And it, it's great to know that, I mean, think about what I said. It's your 17th season calling this team's games and the fact that there's still the passion there is what makes us all enjoy all of your broadcasts. So it, it all it all sort of goes together in that way. Before I let you go, is there anything that we haven't covered? Any players we haven't pointed out? Anything specifically? I mean, I know we sort of have here at the end, but is there anything we haven't gotten to that you would want Panthers fans to think about going into the second half of the year? You know, I do think this, you know, and Bill Zito and that staff, and you know, that's where I go to ownership. You know, Bill Zito has done a great job as GM, but let me tell you, that staff that he has a couple of assistant general managers. He has advisors like Rick Dudley, who coached and was GM of the Panthers, GM of the Lightning. Paul Fenton, who helped run the Nashville drafts for two decades. The Predators have always been a good team. And he was GM in Minnesota. Roberto Luongo is there. They've got that goaltending excellence committee. The hockey operations staff that they put together probably doesn't get enough credit. And look, Bill's in charge and he deserves right. the credit. He's the guy making the ultimate call. But I know he's very collaborative and he wants to hear from every corner of the room and the Panthers analytics department, uh, a guy named Sonny Meadow, who, you know, has been in this for a long time and is a really a brilliant guy. He's got a say in what goes on. I Mm. think that goes underrated. Like just Bill Zito going out and say, Oh yeah, I saw Carter Verhage. I saw Anthony Duclair and Gustav Fors. Let me sign. You know, they're running the numbers. And then when the numbers match up with the eye test and they've got this guy in here and, Roberto Luongo, you know, he played against the guy and he's having his say. I really think all that stuff is important. Uh, and, you know, and it shouldn't get talked about a lot, to be honest, except in a format like this. You know, right. people watch the games and the stars are the stars. The other thing is, I don't think we can underscore bringing in Hornquist, mm-hmm. bringing in Gudis, and now bringing in Joe Thornton. This team needed guys like that. Bill Zito recognized that immediately. And I don't think any of us will ever know, and I don't think I'll ever know, just how instrumental those guys were when the whole thing went down with the coaching change, because it was, it was like getting hit over the head with a ton of bricks. Remember this team Mm -hmm. was undefeated right? and they were rolling along 
And all of a sudden, one day Joel Quenville's there, the next day he's not. And right. I know those guys, you know, like helped hold the room together, if you will. Mm. And uh, it's amazing this team really never missed the beat. I mean, a coaching change is hard anyway, but to have one under those circumstances when a team is starting right, a season undefeated, I mean, usually have coaching changes when a team is struggling. Right. Uh, I think the whole organization, all those players, you know, everybody really deserves a lot of credit for that. And again, you know, it's a long time ago. And as fans, we just watch the games, but right. you asked the question. So those are a couple of things that uh, certainly go under the radar. No, these look, this organization clearly from top down has had one of those really special years where everything and everyone has done their job extremely well. And it's led to this team being one of the most exciting teams to watch in hockey literally in 20 years, as we've spoken about in terms of their offense. So it's really remarkable. Steve Goldstein, thank you so much for spending some time with me on Miami Mic'd Up. And everyone can follow him on Twitter at Goldie on Ice. Is there any other uh, projects you would like to plug here or just, hey, watch hockey games? That's it. Watch the Panthers the rest of the year. It should be a great time. Uh, we got most of the games on Valley Sports. You know, everybody's always clamoring. Yeah, hey, we need more national exposure. Yeah, that's true. And I'm glad they are. But, you know, I got to keep it local. watch the game and not announce <laughs> it, man. Come on. <laughs> I agree completely. Everybody wants to watch with Goldie. Goldie, thank you so much for, for spending some time with us. Always a pleasure. Thanks. And our next guest here on Miami Mic'd Up, you know him as at The Jacks Show on Twitter. This is Jason Jax Jackson, who is joining us. You know him also for all of his work right now with the Heat Radio play-by-play, which I have particularly been enjoying tuning into occasionally <laughs> alongside our TV play-by-play with Eric Reed. I'm really enjoying uh, listening to that, Jax. But Jason awesome. Jackson, welcome back to Miami Mic'd Up. You are our second guest ever on our second episode ever. And now awesome. we got you back halfway through this Miami Heat season, so it's a pleasure to have you here. And this time with light and not in my car. That's <laughs> yes. even better. <laughs> Last time, if you guys want to go back and look at those visuals, they were really, really <laughs> terrific. It looked a bit like a hostage video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but the beautiful thing was, it was I, I was fed and yes. uh, hopefully entertaining. <laughs> yeah, cer- certainly entertaining, <laughs> I'll tell you that. But Good. here we are, and we're about halfway through this season. Before uh, we do dive in on the heat and, and all they've accomplished so far this season, I do want to ask you if you've had any opportunity to do anything outside of work. What is something that has brought you joy outside of work recently? That is a great question. There's been so much basketball. It's it's hard to note. Uh, <laughs> and, and as we talk, we're coming off the last extended road trip, which is, uh, as I've gotten older, Jeremy, it's, it's a different dynamic. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. We're, we're talking right now. I'm here in, in the, the Big Easy right here mm-hmm. on the banks of the Mississippi. 10 years ago, I'd be like, Jeremy, I'm I'm in these streets, brother. I can't help you. <laughs> I don't think I'm leaving my room. <laughs> yeah, you're going to bed so, right after this, right? I mean, uh, you know what? We're at. I will tell you this. I've had two baths on this trip. That it, says and it been all. Bubble baths, like I was five years old. Hated baths as a child. Uh, I couldn't wait till I graduated to showers. Because it, it symbolized some sort of so, yeah, some sort of growth. It also denoted bedtime. Like that was the thing. Because once I was mm. in the water and we had the rubber duckies and the toys <laughs> and the transformers and everything that we had. The t- I don't know how we had room for water. We yeah, had so much stuff it. in there. My brother and I would bathe at the same time. We're only about uh, two years apart. Mm. Uh, and so, so between the two of you and all those toys. It was, 
It was ridiculous. There, there was that window at like eight, nine, ten, where it's like, we we can't have these two people in the same, in the same <laughs> no. tub. This is no. displacing to too much water. There's, yeah. The water displacement, far more of an issue now <laughs> than it was then. But it uh, it to, to find these moments where I can just pause and chill, as you noted. Uh, this my first season as the, the radio voice for the Heat, mm-hmm. which I've loved, and and thank you to all the folks who've been watching on Bally all these years because th- there is that pull of like, oh right. hey, we did, we more you there, and I'm like, listen, you gotta you gotta watch pregame. I'm in every pregame show, right? Right. I'm in every edition of Heat Live, more at home than on the road, and then Heat Live postgame at home, um, yeah, halftime and walkoffs, those are those are gone, but. Kristen and Will do a lovely job, so mm-hmm. you're fine. Um, but people have been super awesome about that. But I, I have absolutely loved it, particularly home games. That's an endeavor. It's a fun I'm, environment. I am. I am. You, you're there. You see me footing it, and foot. And Ruth does it yeah. too, right? Every home game. But let's note that she is a world class athlete. So <laughs> that's a whole different experience for what her. You're talking about Jackson, you're not a uh, world class athlete. Not man, I'm not. I'm not third class. Okay? It's, <laughs> it's a mess. But anywho, I, it's it's been fantastic. But it, you you feel it, right? I'm not gonna sit here and, and lie to you. And uh, now with what's happening with Jimmy Butler and uh, the Heat coaching staff, and I have the absolute pleasure for our friends over at NBA Radio, mm. where I spend some time on SiriusXM to call the NBA. HBCU Classic during All Star Weekend. So oh, I will that's amazing. call that with the the very lovely Mr. Mahorn, uh, who actually went to Howard, one of the two schools that will be playing in that. So that will not be a wrestle period. <laughs> <laughs> so right. it's just uh, listen, uh, as, as our friends in, uh, in 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 the shadows like to say, this is the life we chose. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah, it is. Man. Yes, it is. But it, it's obviously um, making you very happy. I can I can hear the happiness in your voice around what this season has been so far. But you know, I'll, yeah. I'll try not to, I'll try not to keep it too long so you can go ahead and get, get to bed after we have this conversation. So I won't like, be asleep. I'll just be in it. Well, like you, like <laughs> you mentioned, like you mentioned, yeah. the Miami Heat are having a terrific season, right? And Coach right, Spo yes. is headed to the All-Star game. Why? Because the Miami Heat are in first place at this point yeah. in the season. Jimmy Butler, the lone All-Star representative, albeit it almost feels like this team should have been like th- those Hawks teams back in the day. They got all five starters, right? <laughs> like instead of, I don't know, those guys were individually <sighs> dominant. They were going there <clears throat> as a team. And that's that's how great this team has been uh, so far this season. But something I'm sure you love that I've loved watching and the reason I know you love it is because it was the one thing you said you were looking forward to with this team the last time we spoke, that they would be in the mud defensively. And this team has been just that. They have, they're have they sixth in defensive rating in the league, but that's without a number of their best defenders on the floor for so many different chunks of this season. We've seen how dominant they are when the full crew is in there, that full starting lineup, and you get all the Bulldogs defensively. So... What's impressed you most about the Heat's approach on that end so far this season? Honestly, recently, that here mm. we are in game 50-whatever, not quite 60-whatever, and man, these there have been these periods of just utter smothering, mm-hmm. right? Not just, hey, you know, we're jacking up your field goal percentage. I mean, snatching the ball. 
yep. taking the ball, blocking the ball, turning it into points. Uh, there was a stretch on uh, the road trip. I'm, I'm now we'll speak for those that will listen to this later. There was a, <laughs> a, a road trip early in February uh, where you have three third quarters where clearly some elixir or some sign of some sort of spo sermon came raining through that locker room and San Antonio, especially Charlotte, and mm -hmm. then Washington, games that just got decided. Right. That's exactly. not this NBA, JT. You know, like mm -hmm. because of the three ball, even 20-point leads are, are not safe. They're comfortable, right. but they're not safe. Uh, they have been <laughs> for Miami. Right. Um, it's fun to watch the team's frontline players in the fourth quarter sitting down right like i don't maybe that's not what you showed up for i love blowouts yeah absolutely they're comfortable absolutely. they're triple overtime that's for suckers it's good, okay? it's good for it's good for You're your rolling. heart it's good for your heart he when there's just, blowouts just mean it blow doors up and so i'm glad that that's actually been the consistent fiber mm -hmm. thinking about coming in and then here just short of 60 games uh played that it's still the issue. And that's, and you, I think you nailed it. To have had Lowry, Adebayo, um, Morris, mm. uh, and Butler spend considerable amounts of time not in the mix. Right. That tells you that this is a team philosophy. Now, listen, when they're out on the floor together, it's... It's something else. To think uh, about the fact that you, there very well someday soon might be a Victor Oladipo added to that mix defensively is just. Why would you do that? It's mind-boggling to, to think about. Head. I just I'm, where's the mind exploding emoji? Yeah, that's what I'm you saying. Get that in? Can you cut that in? Is yeah, that I, legal? You know we what? I will. If, they, if we put this video, it's just going to be a giant explosion that happens. It's as be. I I'm say. sorry for the the audio side. They're not going to experience <laughs> that, but no, they can. It I'll, is. I'll make it okay, happen. You'll get a little sound effects in. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, and, and I'm getting the opportunity. This is the stuff I love about the job. It, mm. Listen, I love calling the game. I love being on, doing these interviews and, and hosting these shows. But watching the progression of someone like Victor Oladipo as he does the work to get back and to be impactful. And then you start dreaming. I said to him recently, I'm already dreaming yep. about what he can and will be for this team. And just imagine that you just put it in order, right? Like you're not changing the first five, but it's you know, a little shifting of the second group. And it's Tyler, Victor, poom, poom, oh. or late in the game, you need some sort of defensive crew that just locks things down. I think I, it, it's natural. I'm not knocking anybody if they've forgotten what he is at his best. Right. And, and because of the heat way and the way that this medical team and this training staff goes about getting guys ready, he's going to be like go time ready, mm -hmm. zero to 60 ready when he hits the floor. And uh, when that happens, I'm, no, I'm not. I mean, there's no empathy. I take that. <laughs> I was literally about to provide empathy, sympathy. For, for everybody else. Some sort of fee. And I retract it before I even say it. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, this team has so many individual units that are so impressive, right? Like when we talk about different mixes of guys and we've seen so many different lineups where all of a sudden you go, oh, man, that lineup individually is special because, hey, look at what happens when you put Caleb on the floor with Kyle and they run or you're you're mixing up the four starters alongside 
a more defensive guard like Victor Oladipo maybe going yeah. forward. And you see the way that these different units can shut people down. It's like you mentioned, this is the first time in Heat fandom in a while where you can watch a team that just sort of flips the switch and decides game over. And it's, it, it's been, it's been yeah. pretty fun to watch that happen basically, you know, since they've finally gotten sort of healthy here. But all these guys who filled in the gaps in the meantime mm. are not only people who should be thanked for their contributions so far this season, but are going to be important going forward for this team. You never know what the cases are with health, and depth is this team's strength. So I'm going to bring up four different names, and, and if I am omitting anyone, feel free to let me know. But between Gabe sure. Vincent, Caleb Martin, Omer Yurtsevin, Max Struess, those are the, the young guys that I'm thinking of here who have really stepped up and played more minutes for different stretches. Obviously, Omer for just a specific stretch until Bam came back into the fold alongside Dwayne Dedman. Is there one specific player amongst those four who you believe that you would like to just give a moment of shine to, a spotlight here? All four of them are well-deserving. All four of them have contributed in major ways. But is there one guy who, at this very moment that we're having this conversation, is just at the top of your mind there? I feel like you're teasing me because there is this love affair that I have with one certain Max Truce. Yep. I get, I get maximized. I get fortified. I get a daily allowance of Struce <laughs> juice every time that man touches the floor. But I'm going to turn. I'm going to pivot. Okay. And I'm going to go to Omer Yurtseven mm. because he's had to endure this differently, right? Development. Yep. That's the majority of the first task of the season. Then your number gets cold because Bam's hurt and then Deadman gets hurt and bang. Yep. You have a lion's share of stuff and you fall out. Yeah. Like you do what is asked of you and then some um he is a, a, a an innate i think it's beyond instinct like i just think he's a really just observant and available and tall offensive <laughs> rebounder right like yeah just can keep a play on that end going which is has been this kind of slow transition for the miami heat right mm -hmm. you go back to the pat and stand days and it's shot goes up right five are going back uh -huh. right you are defending. Spo started letting one stay, right? Oh, he still was get back, right? <laughs> right. But, but now, I mean, take a peek when a shot goes up. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes it's all five for waiting. <laughs> like we're getting this offensive rebound. It's a much more prevalent part mm -hmm. of uh, of the defensive gift, or I should say, the offensive gift. If, if you stay there, we have enough guys that'll get back there and cause some havoc. Um, got to be careful because you don't want it, you know, of course, thrown over the top and, and then off to the race. You got to be careful on certain nights to employ something that protects the backside. But um, to have that is such a wonderful ability uh, that he had worked so hard uh, with Villanova, Villanova Hall of Famer uh, Malik Allen and so many others getting great information from Zoe uh, about the tenaciousness that's necessary from that right. spot. Right, the toughness and and the physicality of that spot, which he's still growing in that space and should, um, but man can put the ball in the basket too. Yeah. Right. And then when you really learn the rhythm and impact of the defense, he then can be a rim protecting deterrer. 
and then everybody came back and the lights go out. <laughs> right. 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 Like it's it's just that quick. It was like, ooh. Right. You know, and so that's not easy. Mm. And we need to talk about that for a second. That that's the part of this where you realize, man, these four hundred and fifty dudes that get this. Like you say what you want to say right. about results, but like to get on the floor in this league for any duration of time is not it's more than a dream come true. It's it's an all-time accomplishment. Absolutely. And so, you know, to be able to get called upon um to to impact things from the front five and then have to put pause on that because there are guys that were a part of a rhythm that created all the success that preceded and now continues. So these are the hard decisions that that Coach Bolster embraces fully. Right. Um, and if you think, like, do this, like, for any Heat fan that's, you know, ah, oh, but let's give those guys opportunities and more stuff, what you really need is the depth, the depth that you can count on. I think if we'll, you know, rewind the clock back to the finals, 2020, and Gorey goes down and Bam goes down, you wish you had guys that yep. you can plug and play. If you had a Caleb and a Yurt then, Imagine. I'm taking nothing from like you can't take anything from the Lakers. Can't. But man, let's play I'll all take seven it from them. I'll take ah! it from them. <laughs> no. At least we can. <laughs> I, you know what? Let's play all seven with that pot. You know, if we that's could what I'm saying. Go back in time and, and yep. have that type of impact. So you never know if right. if you get to where you want to go, and we all know where this team wants to go. Mm-hmm. And you get to go to that mountaintop and battle. Uh, you want to have the guys that you can call on and whoever suppose turns to and whoever's number he calls that's you want it to be someone that's ready well and what's wonderful about this team now given the circumstances and you never want to go through injuries ever right you you mm-hmm. wish that you could just get through the entire regular season without hiccups but those injuries and those hiccups and and time even for certain guys that they missed in covid protocols and all of these things it it, it allowed all of these other players to sort of step up and flourish and play big time meaningful minutes that if god forbid Kyle Lowry goes down in the playoffs there's Gabe Vincent right there to fill in and we know and we've seen productive player in important minutes these are things that you can't really take for granted at the ability to have young guys that can step up and be there for those moments so you know obviously some of these guys, if all goes according to plan, won't step on the floor during the playoffs. But at the same time, they are – this is the ultimate example of going back to the original group 15 strong, right? This is maybe an even further example than that group was of this is fifty, you know, 17 strong or whatever it might be. Um, looking back at this first half of the season, is there an individual game – or stretch of games that stands out as maybe your favorite moment from the first half of the year? Maybe it does involve some of these guys we've just mentioned. I, it, it, they're just, it, it's so many. <laughs> right. It's tough. I mean, there's been a lot just, of really good nights. Yeah. I, 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 I'm trying to think about the nights where I'm exhausted. Right. You know, like even though the triple overtime was a loss, like it just still was so exhilarating. Like it, it was just fantastic mm-hmm. to watch a team do whatever it just like keep extending, keep extend. Let's go again. Sixty whatever minutes of basketball, right? Just mercy. Mm. Um, I know that was a loss, but I think you learned something about yourself in those moments. Um and, and you also can calibrate 
or recalibrate what it is that you did, particularly late in those games, right. um, to get yourself in a different spot. And then also, you can really believe in getting your ass kicked <laughs> in conditioning all year long. Correct. Right? That the Miami Heat ways a little different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, summertime, you maintain and even improve. Camp, ooh, right? But this team, I mean, they're lifting and conditioning all of the time. The really cats crazy. don't play. Like, a couple days go by, like training camp workouts. Yep. You know, it's just... So give, you know, Eric Ferran and Hunter, they do such a wonderful job putting together the proper program for... Um, the stuff that has to happen for everybody on game night, just the activation of the muscles, right? Even before they're about to go out there to the um, condition work that they do throughout throughout the time. I think that's the stuff that you, at least for me, that I realize, man, that making that the, like the core values of your existence um, in a space where guys have their own trainers, right? They're mm-hmm. doing stuff off on the side and when nobody's looking, but that doesn't mean that the team changes the way that it goes about it. And that's not the fun stuff, but when you have to call on it and you know, it's there, uh, that's the best part. Um, I, you know what? I'll give you a, a, a more succinct answer in that. I think the stretch of games where Bam first came back after the thumb surgery were pretty impressive. Huge. Like you think about, again, let's go back to that philosophy we talked about before of just making sure that everything is where it should be when a player is coming back from injury, right? Like they, they probably could come back at game two, three earlier than they tend to, but it's just the Miami way to just take extra time. It can be frustrating. Um, I know the fans want to see their guys as soon as possible. I know the guys, particularly in this group, I mean, they're, they're, they're real basketball players. They're incredibly competitive. You ready? They're ready to go. Right. Right. And so, to have the element of patience and consistency and, and, and a way about you mm. um, before you get out there, you know you're going to hit the ground running. I think like of a I'm dating myself, but the old Flintstone cartoons when the feet start moving before the self. body starts running, like that's we all you get know, it. Yabba dabba do. <laughs> Let's get it. And so Bam came back, and it was like. I'm going to like a paraphrase band. the numbers only because it was yeah. like, it was like 17 and night, 18 and night on top of double digit rebounds mm-hmm. uh, in a stretch of just double, double after double, double after double, a 30 point night in there, mm-hmm. a couple 20 point night, but just it's neat because there's a layer of that. That's not necessary from Bam, right? Like the just Bam just is kind of got to do everything. Right. So worrying about, you know, the points per game stuff, is not necessarily that important. That man is maxed out Doing without everything. scoring 30 points a night. And that's because right. he does everything. Now, can he, of course, might he need to one night in the playoffs? Probably. Might be more than one night, you yep. know, but all within the flow, all with reading the defense, reading your teammates, what's necessary. And so I really enjoyed his return. Al Victor's return when it comes to us is, is similar. That should be, a, I think, with the way that, that Heat fans feel about Victor Oladipo, with him only having played a few games in a Heat uniform. But <laughs> all of us four? know it's right? it something, something crazy like that, like, that. like the, your four yeah. or five games. And, and the fact that we all know how, how long he's wanted to thrive within this organization long before he was ever here, right? It, right. It's something that I, I think 
hopefully that can be a home game and he can get the ovation that, that he deserves whenever that time comes. But I think what, what you just talked about actually transitions well to the next question that I had, which is as this team goes forward and, and this answer can change. I imagine we'll talk before the playoffs start again, and, and maybe you'll have a different answer, but where things stand right now, who do you believe is the most crucial player to be playing their very best basketball for this team to make an NBA Finals run. So maybe that's Kyle, maybe that's Bam, maybe that's Jimmy. Which of those players do you believe has to be at at the top of their game the most for this team? The the great thing about, I'm going to answer your question. However, the great thing about the makeup of this roster is no one. Right, of course, of course. Right, like there's so much that you don't have to freak out about being off. That's what's incredible about it, right, of course. If you're off on a certain night, somebody is surging from somewhere, yep. right? Uh, think about Duncan's season right now. He's in this. Like, Up and down, yep. I mean, before games, it's like, oh, there he is. There's a man that makes 300 a year. And, and I mean, makes, you know, actually yeah, yeah, makes yeah. him three. Uh, I, don't, I think he makes well more than 300 <laughs> a year now. But uh, anywho, uh, or, or Struess getting on those runs where he's nuts. And Gabe has been yeah. um, amazing. And we're just talking, and here's the thing, we're just talking about offense. Right, this team is so much more, so much more than, than that. that. Yeah, which is crazy in a game where you do want to put the ball in the basket. <laughs> right, but if you want to win it, your best players need to be at their best. Mm-hmm. If Jimmy Butler is just rolling, like getting where he wants on the floor, getting whatever you know stuff at the rim, getting to the line, high single digits to double digits tonight. It's going to be very tough. Right. It's going to be very, yeah. very tough. If he's rolling like that and the shooters are making shots, the defense, it's going to be tough. So I'm, I love I love each night when I get an opportunity. So it's not each night. It's each night that I get an opportunity. <laughs> sure, sure. To watch and listen to our friends that kind of hover over the NBA. Right there. They're trying to cover the whole league. I had that responsibility once in my life. It's impossible. Completely. And you try to say the things that are connective across 30 teams. And then you can kind of dwindle it down to about a dozen. And then you get to dwindle it down mm-hmm. to about a half dozen, right? And then the playoffs do the rest for you. But, man, they're missing the boat. Yep, They're missing the boat. That's a good thing about the heat boat, though. It'll come back around. It'll get you. <laughs> but sometimes Spo likes to light the boats on fire. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, yes, he does. That's one of my favorite spoisms, man. Oh, like this, it's awesome. We're coming in and light the boats on fire. Just the imagery of that. We're it's, here. Oh, we're here. There's nobody better at at. I mean, I guess Riley. <laughs> but this this I guess so. I'll say the whole organization then. It's just yeah. giving you the the phrases that are gonna get you going. I mean, man. It, there's no there way. Be, there's gonna be a gonna night happen. I rip my shirt off. Calling <laughs> It's not going to be pretty, but it's it going sure to be feels like it's going to impactful. Just, well, <laughs> it's going to be insane. Oh, those buttons never deserve that. Uh, but it's it's if if that if that is the lead from from Jimmy, it tends to provide all that other stuff. And so, uh, we'll throw some extra tape on the ankles mm. and yeah. let him be him, man. That's it's. When he's rolling and, and just doing what he pleases, it's such wonderful basketball to watch. It's so fun to watch, and and it's yeah. it's aesthetically pleasing basketball to watch because it, mm-hmm. it does sort of throw you back to this 
this time before this era also where Jimmy is this sort of throwback type of player. And as you mentioned, right, it's not going to be about any one individual. If we even look back at the 2020 finals run, each series had the quote unquote main guy who was thriving in that individual individual series. But it was all about the team and this team has even more depth than that one, it seems, which is, again, really remarkable to say, considering they went to the finals two seasons ago. I actually do kind of want to make a a comparison here or, or ask you to compare in a way. <clears throat> You've been through, obviously, a number of different eras of Heat basketball, and, and the most recent one with dominance was the Big Three era. So. Sure. This is not that yet, obviously. <laughs> that was four straight finals that was winning two championships. This group has yet to win. But what I would ask is, in this Jimmy Bam, I'll say Jimmy Bam era of Miami <laughs> Heat basketball that we've seen over the last few years, is there something about this group that you do enjoy? I don't want to say more than the Big Three era, but that is a unique level of enjoyment with them that's different that, that you're feeling here? Well, the big three era kind of set the tone for the rest, right? right. Like 06 was everything, all that pain. Hey, we're right? here. Beforehand, from right. 88 to 06. Right. Like that's what that was about. That was for the originals. That was, man, that was something else, right? And then you get down the line a little bit. All right, in the next half decade, and it's how do you cement this? How do you exactly. make this who you are as an organization where it gets beyond the palm trees and the and the tax break for income <laughs> taxes? How do you how do you make it, you know, a thing? Right. And all the stuff that we talk about now, he culture, basketball, town for competitors only, uh, don't let go of the rope, whatever, right? All of it. All those seeds were planted then. This group is just that it's who they are mm -hmm. but the thing that i will say that i enjoy most and it's similar to the other groups sure each group though in that space and i guess this is true now had a, a, a different fiber that was added right mm -hmm. um miller battier um allen I know right like just here. kind of a thing there um but this group it's so funny man like i up and down the roster, I really, really think they really enjoy each other. Yep. That's hard to do in any workplace. Mm -hmm. Let's can we be honest about it? Yeah. Like I For mean sure. the one thing about organizations is that they're full of people. <laughs> and so I love that. <laughs> yeah, man. We don't always get along, right? right. Like, but this group and, and they're gonna listen, there are those moments and we see them. Like they're not afraid of them. And I think that's the thing that the organization establishes deal with this stuff. It's not personal. It's basketball. Right. So let's get this basketball stuff right, right now. Mm. And sometimes that's in the middle of the second quarter on a rotation <laughs> that didn't go well. And you're going to hear it. Right. And, or you, or, or you'll hear it on the bench or you'll hear it in the locker. The response is so healthy. Mm. It's healthy. And when you have all of those, like, what does it take to be one of the best, right? Like you got to, there's a part of you that's not awesome. <laughs> right, right. You got to, it, it's just a part of you that, there's a part of you that just wants to just kind of, you know, Look, put your hands on people. When to be should. that competitive, I was just listening. Um, Jason Taylor just did an interview with with your man, Dan Lebatard, 
And mm. he was talking about how within his personality, the things that made him a great football player right. might not necessarily have made him the best person to be around during his sure. career because he was just so ultra competitive. Right. And right. that's what so many of these guys have. But when they have it together, that's when right. you get that level of camaraderie. That's when everybody's reaching toward that goal together, it's the reason why you know, Jason Taylor might have been going through a 1-15 in 15 season with the Dolphins, and he was right. frustrated. But this group is in first place because they are all that guy. And every one of them is spoken about. LeBron was probably the most cohesive superstar I've ever been around. Hmm. You know, I got to cover the end of Michael, covered the explosion of Shaq and Kobe, um, the rise of Dwayne, and and now this this new era of of basketball that's been so fun as everything's kind of moved to the edges. And if you could knock it down from three, you're about to get a wheelbarrow full, mm -hmm. right? The cohesiveness of players bringing people together making them feel inclusive i don't know if lebron has a rival hmm. i don't think he does um and i don't even know if there's a person in this group that does that yet i'm i'm observing from a different angle now right um calling games and having restrictions uh due to covid have created a space that i didn't have before and so it's not the easiest thing to observe but when I do have those moments, it is fun to watch the nuance of each person's impact on things. Mm. And when you have a handful of young players, there has to be obviously the stoic everythingness that comes from Udonis um, to right. the new culture carrying ability of a BAM. Um, and then the outside forces that come in and buy in. You know, when you have guys that lead that way, like Jimmy and Kyle and PJ and so many others, Dwayne. I'm so glad, by the um, way, we find that's how that was the first mention that I I brought up of PJ. Like how we just got to PJ Tucker, <laughs> how we just got to PJ Tucker is insane. That guy, he yeah. should have been an all star. He was He's been, had an unbelievable first half of his season, and his contributions at least can't get invited to notice. the three point shootout, right? I mean, yes, yeah, something. Who shoots a three ball at the highest percentage in this game? I'm sure he doesn't want to go to Cleveland. Not not that it's Cleveland. I'm just saying he might. He could use his body has to be exhausted. Give the man a few days off. I'm sure yeah. he'll take it. But you can, I think he deserves you can the justify invite. it with that. But right. I'm saying you once you get the That's golden ticket, you're like <laughs> you, you when you get that golden ticket, you're like yeah, you know what? I am on All Star Saturday night. As he under should the lights. be. Yeah. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get busy. But uh, no, it's it's a wonderful setup, and and it's by. It's by design, yep. Jeremy. That's the thing. Like this, this wasn't a stumble into scenario. Mm -hmm. This is, uh, you know, Pat and Andy and Adam and so many others up front um, identifying guys, both young and experienced, that are going to thrive in the heat way. Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. And it, it's been really, really fun to watch. I think at this point we have covered everything that we could possibly need to cover. The only name I think that hasn't come up yet is the mechanic, Dwayne Dedman. So shout out to Dwayne Dedman. <laughs> but everybody so far, I mean, this team from top to bottom, Kyle Guy has even contributed to this team, which is not something I would have thought would have happened at the beginning of the season when he was not on the roster. So there have been so many different contributions. It's been really fun to watch. Is there anything that you want fans to think about as 
we wrap up this first half of the season, head toward the all-star break and into the second half of the year? Don't take it for granted. Do not take this stuff for granted. Uh, you got tickets, go to the game. Mm. If you got – I would – I'm a huge – I think I told you this before. I'm a huge baseball fan. Yep. And I rearrange my life in the summer for baseball. Just – I grew up playing. I love My it. favorite sport. Didn't give me a dime, so that's why we <laughs> love the orange leather, right? Like, yep. the orange leather got me – paid every bill in my adult life, helped me travel the world, man. Sent two kids to private school, and now they pay for their own college with their athleticism. There you go. Uh, I've been I've been blessed by this game, right? Right. And uh, what you don't want is to miss the folklore. Mm. When when we're telling the stories about this stuff, twenty years from now, you want to be able to say one phrase: "I was there." That was. It's really such an incredible way of putting it, though. Not miss, man. Not missing the folklore. I really love that. I'm not gonna lie. I love that. Yeah, we gotta man, get that on advertising it. somewhere, man. Because that's, that's real good. Uh, I'm on the doorstep of 50, bro. I turned 50 <laughs> in May, and I'm really getting good at like the perspective part of this. But that, uh, there are that, fewer fewer games in front of me than mm. than behind me, and so I try to just melt into it. Like, this is my first time in my life calling games every day. And I got this edition. It's amazing. Right? Amazing. It's so funny that that you, you took the time to say that because I, I did specifically ask Goldie just before. As, as you know, I just spoke to him earlier on the sure. podcast. Mm-hmm. I asked him, had he taken a second to sort of stop and reflect and enjoy because this right. was and is the greatest Panther season that has ever been. And right. he was saying absolutely i'm stopping to smell the roses and enjoy these moments because you never know when you're going to get them again and so that messaging there not not to toot our own horns here at bally but guys you can watch every single night on bally you're going to get a great game from a great team we happen to be really really lucky down here right now to have a couple of dominant teams here's the thing and our friends at espn and turner keep handing us games back so we're, we'll take them. We'll take them. I'll we'll take, take them. them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's been amazing. Jax, this was an absolute pleasure. Again, everybody, yeah. you can follow him at The Jack Show on Twitter and I believe also on Instagram. Uh, Jason Jackson, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Miami Mic'd Up. And from time to time, the Miami Heat audio experience. Come on over and check us out. Thank you for listening to Bally Sports Florida's Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers or toyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on their full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places. (laughs) 